When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I am today's part-time host, Simon Brooks, and I have some great stories for you on this episode, as always. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and bring you back safely. When I lived in Burley, in the New Forest in England... It was the first place I lived with no streetlights. Well, there was one. Just before entering the village, there was a small roundabout, or rotary as some call them in the USA. And that had a streetlight on it, so people wouldn't drive right over it in the night. As kids, we went there as a family every single year for our summer vacation. Living there on my own showed me a side of it that I'd never seen with my parents. And that was the New Forest itself. We would go to beaches and bookstores, public houses and restaurants and tea rooms, and never the forest where we stayed. Like there were wild boar in Shropshire, there were wild deer in the New Forest. The forest got its name when William the Conqueror came over to England from France in 1066. One of the first things he noticed coming along the coast and heading up north was this incredible forest, which he decided to proclaim a royal forest in around 1079. It is quite large, at 566 square kilometres or 219 square miles of enclosed pasture and woods. Often I would make myself a picnic lunch, often a Cornish pasty and a bottle of cream soda, which I would pack into my camera bag and take into the woods. I've told you about the experience I had when a herd of deer came out of the mists, And this story is about another meeting of deer. But this was a single young deer, and I became very, very lost in the forest. Today I have the honour and privilege of introducing you once more to the incredible Donna Washington. Donna is amazing, not only as a storyteller, but as a human, as is her husband David. Although he's not a storyteller, he is an excellent human being. Today, Donna is going to tell a story about one of my all-time favourite characters, Anansi. Do you know the story of Anansi and Turtle? If you don't, open your ears, turn everything off, settle down and listen. Anansi the spider is a trickster character from Africa, which means, of course, that he loves to play tricks on people. He also loves to eat. When he gets a chance to play a trick on someone and eat, that's when he's the happiest. One day, Anansi the spider was sitting down to dinner. He spread before him a huge table full of food. He was just about to dig in when he heard a knock at his door. Anansi went over to the door and opened it, and there, outside, was a turtle. And the turtle said, Hello, Anansi. I'm traveling very far away from home. Could I come in and have some supper? Now, in this part of Africa, it is very rude when someone stops by and asks if they can have supper for you to send them away. So Anansi said, uh, sure. 
come on in, because he didn't really want to share his food with the turtle. But then he got an idea. He said, well, actually, before you come in, could you go down to the river and wash your hands? The turtle said, okay. And he went down to the river. Bum, 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 bum. When he got down to the river, he began to wash his hands. Now, the road between Anansi's house and the river was a dirt road. After the turtle put all that water on his hands and walked up that dirt road, his hands got all muddy. Bum, 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 bum. When he got back to Anansi's house, he said, Okay, Anansi, I'm ready to eat. Anansi looked at him and said, Turtle, I thought I asked you to wash your hands. The turtle said, But I did. <laughs> and he looked down at his hands. They were covered in mud. Oh, wait a minute. I'll be right back. And he went back down the road. Bum, 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 bum. And the entire time he was going down to the river, Anansi was eating. <laughs> The turtle washed his hands. He went back up the road. And he said, Okay, Anansi, um. And he looked down his hands. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. I'll be right back. And he went back down the road. And the entire time he was going down there, Anansi was eating. The turtle got down to the water. He washed his hands. He turned around to go back up that road. And then he stopped. Wait a minute. He looked at his hand and realized it was all muddy. Oh, I see. He went back down to the river, washed his hands. Then he stood up on his hind legs and very slowly walked up that dirt road. By the time he got back to Anansi's house, all the food was gone. And Anansi handed him a glass of water and said, Sorry you weren't hungry, friend turtle. The turtle drank the water. Thank you, friend Anansi. I won't forget you. Some three months later, Anansi was traveling very far away from home, and he looked up, and who should he see sitting beside a pond but the turtle? Anansi said, Turtle, don't you remember me? It's Anansi. You stopped by my home some three months ago, and you asked for supper. Well, now you have to give me supper. And the turtle said, Oh, yes, Anansi. How could I forget you? I live at the bottom of this pond. Come on down. The turtle jumped into the pond and swam to the bottom. Anansi walked over to the edge of the pond, looked down, and there was the turtle. Oh, he was sitting down there on the bottom, and there was a huge table covered all over with good things to eat. The turtle began to eat. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. <laughs> oh, come on down. Anansi was starving. He ran out onto the water. 
Spiders don't weigh very much. And there he was, floating at the top of the water. Ah! He wanted to get down there to eat with the turtle. He tried swimming down. But he kept floating right back up to the top. Zing! Ah! Then he saw a blade of grass growing out of the water. He got an idea. He ran over to the blade of grass, grabbed hold of it, and pulled himself down to the bottom of the pond. Then he grabbed hold of the little stones and pulled himself over to the table. When he got to the table, he grabbed hold of it with his hands, trying not to float back up to the top of the water. The turtle got a great big plate and filled it full of food and sat it right in front of him. Anansi wanted to eat, but he knew if he let go of that table, zing, he'd float right back up to the top of the water. The turtle kept eating. Anansi got so hungry, he let go of that table to grab the food and zing, right back up to the top of the water. Oh! Meanwhile, the turtle kept eating. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Anansi ran over to the side of the pond. There at the side, there were lots of little pebbles. Anansi filled his pockets full of pebbles. And then, when Anansi stepped into the water, he sunk right down to the bottom. He walked over to the table, sat down, was just about to dig in, when the turtle said, Anansi, it's rude to wear your coat at the table. Anansi said, but, but, the turtle said, Take it off. Uh, Anansi took off his coat, zing, right back up to the top of the water. He tried and tried to get down there to eat with the turtle, but he couldn't come up with anything. When all the food was gone, the turtle swam to the top of the water and handed Anansi a glass of water and said, Sorry you weren't hungry, friend Anansi. And that is the story of Anansi and the turtle. Ever wonder what it's like in places far, far away, over the rainbow? Ever wanted to see happily ever after creatures and beings? Well, look no further and subscribe to Fairy Tale Geographic. Learn the science of why trolls turn to stone when in contact with sunlight and why boggles and bogards hate the moonlight. Travel with our writers and image capturers as they explore places no humans have willingly gone and experience these places as they should be experienced in the safety of your own home. Leave the travel to the experts and subscribe and learn. Sign up now and receive a free gift of a troll's fingernail, not just a clipping, but the whole nail, pierced and ready to wear as a good luck charm known to ward off the heebie-jeebies. Not only that, if you sign up in the next ten minutes, and we will include a vial containing a single drop from the Fountain of Youth. Not only that, but we'll also include a replica of Cinderella's crystal slipper, a value of a whole lot more than you can imagine. Sign up now for this weekly, scientifically doubted mythical magazine. Call now for details. A big shout-out to all of you who have become patrons over the years, but this week, a specially special shout-out to Aliana Sapp of the Sapp family from earlier this month for being a fan and supporter of Story Story Podcast. Thank you, Aliana. 
May your life be filled with magic when you need it. Our newest, latest patron is Heather Finnemore Calderon. So on the count of three, all you listeners give a thank you to Heather for joining this merry band of fairy tale fans and for supporting the podcast. One, two, three. Thank you, Heather. It's people like you who keep the podcast alive. I tell you, alive. Did you know that sponsors of the podcast, if they work carefully and quietly, are able to vanish dust bunnies from under every bed and sofa that you choose? In fact, the more you sponsor, the more dust bunnies you're able to remove in one go and the longer it takes them to return. Be like Aliana and Heather and become a patron for as little as $4 a month and discover your unique fairy tale talents as well. To be honest, my sense of direction is not that great, and wandering off into the woods is not always the smartest thing to do, but I did it anyway. Once in a while I would get lost, and on one occasion, on this particular one occasion, I got very lost and very turned around. Now, you have to remember that this is before mobile phones were pocket-sized. They did exist, barely, but they were only used by very rich people because they were super expensive and they were larger than a house brick and twice as heavy. I also, on this occasion, failed to drop my compass into my bag, so this was a lose-lose kind of situation. I was working that night and had to get back, and the sky was overcast, and I could not figure out where the sun was to figure out a way back to the, to the youth hostel where I worked. I sat down under a tree and waited, hoping that either the skies would clear or that I would have an epiphany and suddenly know which way to go. Neither happened, but as I sat leaning against an old oak tree, a young deer came into view. I froze. The deer seemed to be looking for something, maybe its parents. My hand slowly moved towards my camera bag to get my camera out. The deer was not more than 20 feet away from me. It had not seen me. Now I knew that my camera had on a 28mm lens, which is not a good lens for shots like this. It's wide angle, which makes everything look a little further away, but 28mm lens is my favourite. I had to stop moving twice so the deer wouldn't be spooked. The creature trotted around, looking about, head held high, sniffing. My camera was in my hand and on the way to my face. I froze again. The deer turned around and I took a shot from chest level, hoping it would come out all right. This was a film camera. Digital photography was still way in the future. I thought the click of the lens would startle the deer, but instead it looked right at me. Simon, it said. Uh, yes. Still lost. Uh, yes. What are you doing sitting around then? Uh, my mother always told me to stay where you are if you get lost. But is she going to come and find you? You look a little old to have your mother come and find you. Uh, yes? Follow me then. Uh, look, stop saying, uh, it does not reflect your intelligence. Follow me. I stood up slowly, put the camera away, and followed the deer. She led me to a path I knew well, that in fact I wasn't too far from. I thanked the deer once there, who skipped off laughing 
and I made my way back home to the hostel where I lived. I might tell you about the tree I ran into one night, but now it's time to introduce our second storyteller. Richard Martin and I, as you will soon hear, are fellow Brits. We have not met in person yet, as he lives in Germany, and I haven't been there since we met virtually. It's on my bucket list of places to go back to. Richard is known for the humour he imparts in his tales, and this hot story is bound to be laced with a little laughter. Enjoy Richard Martin's retelling of how Turtle won the Spicy Food Contest. Once upon a time, long, long ago, and in the middle of Africa, all the animals had worked so hard, and now it was harvest time. Ooh, they had so many wonderful vegetables. Yes, they had the red, plump tomatoes. They had the green, long okra. They had the black, shiny aubergines. They had the white, round onions. Mm. But above all, they had those tiny, spicy, hot chilli peppers. Yes, you know, the spicy hot chilli peppers that make all the other vegetables taste mm, so good. Uh, but you also know you have to be careful. Yeah? You eat too many of those hot spicy chilli peppers and you burn your mouth. You, you need to cool it off like that, yes. Well, as the animals came together and decided we should have a feast to celebrate. Yes, said another, um, to make it fun. We should have a competition. Uh, and, yes, said the lion, a competition. That is what we need, a competition to see who is the strongest. No, 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 said the elephant. A competition to see who is the largest. Uh, no, no, said the gazelle. Uh, the competition to see who can run the fastest. Uh, said the bird, to see who can fly the highest. Said the mole, to see who can burrow the deepest. <laughs> As they were all arguing about what sort of competition they should have, then along came Tortoise. You remember Tortoise, yes. Tortoise, smooth talking Tortoise. Tortoise who always had a clever idea, at least a clever idea for himself. My friends, he said, we should have a competition, but one which is fair and open to all to win. Now, my idea is this. Let us have a competition to see who can eat the most of this hot, spicy food. And the other animals said, yes, well, that, that would be fair, open to all. Ah, uh, but said Tortoise, we must have a rule, of course. If anyone feels their mouth is burning, they are not allowed to cool it down. No, like that. Well, the animals agreed, and the food was prepared, and they came together, and they looked at that large pot of hot, spicy food. Ah, remember, cried Tortoise, no, and because it was my idea to make sure everyone remembers the rule, every 30 seconds I shall remind you. The animals agreed, the competition began. And they started to eat. And they ate and they ate and they ate. Uh, uh, but of course, 
That food was so hot, so spicy, soon they felt their mouths burning, but every 30 seconds, Tortoise cried, Remember, no one is allowed to. And so the animals, with their burning mouths, one by one, they had to stop eating. And it was only Tortoise who, every 30 seconds, could remind them, cool his mouth. And so was the one to win the competition. And so was the one to eat the most food. And that is the end of my tale. Thank you for listening to the Story Story podcast. Show the love and go and find more of Donna and Richard's work on their websites and blogs. You can find Rachel Ann and the podcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. There you will find the visual candy from the fairy tale sponsor and other goodies. Me, I'm on Instagram at Simon M. Brooks and on Facebook on my website, SimonBrooksStoryteller.com. Diamond Scree? Oh yes, that's me. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor belong to the one and only Rachel Ann Harding. The inspiration for the fairy tale came from a real memory of when I lived in the New Forest back in the early 1990s. Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors. They are a lot of fun. And let me, Anne and Isabel, know a favourite story you have heard or the favourite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you could hear them here soon. Maybe one of us could record it for you. Come on, send in a request. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Patrons like the Sap family. People like Heather. For those of you who have become a patron to Rachel Anne, thank you. You help make the world a better place. If you would like to become a supporter of the podcast or discover real sponsorship opportunities, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com. If it isn't in the cards to support the podcast right now, we understand. No worries. Perhaps you would be willing to go and write a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy this podcast. What will you get if you become a Patreon supporter? Head over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And don't forget to live happily ever after. Bye. And Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.